0: John chapter 1, verse 48, Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And then Genesis chapter 24, verse 64, And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. Lord Jesus, speak into our lives today. You see this church, God. You see this people. Lord, let them hear your word. Let their lives be changed. May they connect with you, God, in the way that you've intended and that you've planned for. We ask these things in your mighty name and we worship you, O God. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Go ahead, give him a hand clap. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Just want to welcome you to the Church of Omaha today. I'm so glad you're here. If it is your first time, I just want to give you a personal greeting for myself. As always, if you have any questions, come see one of us. We'd love to answer them for you. But in our passage here in, the very, in John chapter 1, I read to you about Nathaniel. We'll get back to him in a moment. Um, and then I, I touched on Rebecca here. And I, I don't know if you guys know these stories or not. Um, I, I like both of them really well. But I would say that about any story in the Bible, I suppose. Um, but today I want to talk to you about birthday parties, camels, and figs. Birthday parties, camels, and figs. And and I don't normally like to stand up here and say, man, I probably got a mess here. Let's see if we can put it together. I don't want to disenchant you. But um, we'll see where we can take this today. Uh, birthday parties, camels, and figs. You know, I'm thinking about today's message. I thought, you know, there's nothing worse Maybe there's some things that are worse, but have you ever gone to a birthday party in which you weren't invited? You know, or maybe you didn't go to the party, but uh, um, Victoria, you know, let's say Your friends were all invited Um, Let's say Caitlin invited Avery and you're like wait a second I didn't get an invite to the birthday party and then Caitlin says or Avery says to you. Oh, Caitlin won't really care why don't you come anyways come with me to the birthday party well i don't think that would go over very well in the youth group and you show up at the house and Caitlin's like what's she doing here and and you can see it on her face and you're like "Ah." and you're going to be a little crushed in your heart i don't know about you but i probably wouldn't go to that birthday party no offense Caitlin, but i'm not going to show up unless you invited me and i'm not talking about that kind of invitation where somebody's passing them out and and, and, and Caitlin says, hey, can, Avery, can you catch Victoria real quick? Can you hand this to her? And, and, and so she gives it to you, and, and, and you're like, okay, I got an invitation. Why? Because you know that that invitation, while you might have wanted to hand it handed directly to you, is still an invitation for you. Well, actually, uh, uh, on parties, I, in college, I kind of got a slightly famous, or maybe I wasn't that famous, it was just in my mind. I showed up to Christmas parties. I showed up to the Dean's Christmas party. I figured I was a student, and my dues paid his bill. <laughs> and the teachers all said hi, and I was in jeans and they were in fancy clothes. And me and my buddies, we got a plate of food, and I went to the electrical engineering staff Christmas party. And again, someone had said, oh, you can come to the party. I knew all along that I really didn't belong. Why I didn't have an invitation. Nobody had personally come and said, We have planned a party, and the party is for you. Um, One of my kids is going to get picked on for just a second, just a second, but they had a party one time, and they invited friends to the party, and the friends came to the party, and one of the friends brought a present. And at the end of the party, the friend said, I kind of need my present back. (laughs) So, Maybe worse than not being invited to the party is when someone says, this is yours, but not really. <laughs> You're my friend, but not really. I, I would like to give you this really cool thing, but now that you got to see it, it's mine, and take it back. And uh, we get a couple laughs out of that now and then. Um, so if you invite me to your party, I promise you, if I give you a present, you get to keep it you get to keep it um maybe amongst your children you've seen the thing where they, they uh, uh give away their toy to the neighbor or maybe the neighbor gave you their to- gave your kid the toy and then a little bit later they come back and they say uh my mom said i actually can't give that away to you that i'm supposed to keep that and your kid's like this is mine <laughs> you, you can't take it back I might have saw a nod or two from a parent there. I don't know if anybody you've been in that spot where you told your kids, like, what are you giving that away for? You can't give that away. Um, so birthday parties. There's nothing fun about the person that's ha- holding the party, the one that has the birthday, didn't include you. And you really don't want to show up unless you're being invited. So what can be worse than that? Well, how about getting married? to someone who's never actually said, I want to marry you. You know, I've heard of mail order brides, and uh, uh, I can't imagine being in that situation where I'm like, you know, I think I need a wife, so uh, i look at the wanted ads here. I am so thankful I do not live in that time of history. And I'm not very certain that Alicia would have said yes if she got that letter in the mail. I saw the advertisement for mail order brides, and I picked you. And she's like, Mom, where did you put my name? In what newspaper? I can't imagine. I'm not writing to another country to see, hey, is there somebody that would like to come to the States? I need someone to help me out with my laundry. You know, I, That's not why I got married. So don't, if anybody thought any of that, nope, I married out of love. Married out of love. But we have the story of Rebecca. The story of Rebecca here, it might slightly appear that way. I read to you the Scripture where she lights off the camel. Actually, when you look into it, nobody's hopping off a camel. The King James uses this word, lights off, and and she more than likely, when you look into the word, fell off the camel. And suddenly I see a lady up on this camel going, nobody helped her down off this camel. How did she get in this situation? Why was she falling off the camel? Well, a man showed up to the well one day, and he gave her a bunch of gold, and she gave a bunch of water to him and to his camels, and they invited him to her house, and, and, and the family uh, uh, gave him a big meal, and he said, God gave me your daughter to marry my master. Or my master's servant. And, and he gives a long story, and he tells them about how this is a God thing. And then he says, they say, well, if she says she'll go, she can go. And they're like, Wait, do you want to go? And she's like, sure, I'll marry a guy in another country that all I've met is a servant who told me stuff about him. On the other side of the spectrum, you have Isaac. Isaac didn't even ask to get married. His dad said to the servant, you know, I think my boy needs a wife, and I want you to pick one out over here. So are you ladies really excited about, maybe, maybe your parents will do that? They'll find somebody, they'll send someone off to... I don't know anybody out there that's any ladies that aren't married. If you're looking forward to somebody just deciding you're gonna get married and they're gonna find someone for you, maybe some of you guys out there. That's not how we're gonna do it in our house. But Rebecca, in hearing the words and, and seeing that it and believing it was from God, she got gets on a camel and she heads off with a man that she had just met to meet a man she had never met, a man she didn't know anything about until that the day before. And she's riding along, and she doesn't have the big uh, uh, um, group of servants behind her from her house. Nobody's gone ahead to prepare a place for her to to stay at. The family didn't inspect her rooms, and and she has a servant, but, but she's kind of all alone in this thing. And instead of seeing a marriage that maybe the man didn't want her or she doesn't want the man, something happens to her. As she rides into that field, she sees a man off in the distance. And when she saw him and he saw her, there were sparks. There were sparks. She fell off her camel. And you say, well, where do you get this in the Scripture? Because I see a lady that normally would have been helped down off her animal, getting off the animal. And then she grabs up a veil and, and she covers her face. Well, normally somebody would have come over and said, hey, hey, you're getting ready to meet the man. Let me cover your face. And, and she's like, who is it? Who is it? And, and the servant says, it's my master. It's my master. And the master comes, and, and Isaac comes and he takes her. And the second time the word "love is ever mentioned in the Bible is right here. Isaac, she met him in a field, in a, a field, in a place that's fittingly called "God sees Me." And Isaac, you you wonder, why is he in this field? Why is he away from where dad lives? And what is he doing wandering around? I I often think of Isaac as maybe being a little down and depressed in life. His mom had died, and and, and life was out of sorts. And he was in a place where God sees me. and, and, And he looks up, and he sees Rebecca. And he says, that's the one for me. That's the one for me. I like that story. I like that story. I, I happen to be sitting over here. And, uh, and I looked across the church and I saw my wife right over here. And I thought, wait a second. And I noticed her right away. And I'm sure she noticed me. I'm sure she noticed me. She hasn't shared that part of the story. Um, but I'm sure she did. And then being trying to be a good saint of God, I was like, wipe that from your mind. Worship Jesus, be her friend. And so we were friends up until we said, I do. And then we're still friends. You can be encouraged by that too. Um, Sometimes. um, Most of the time. We're friends. We never say to each other, I love you, but I don't like you. We don't say those words. I might be, what? No, we're teasing right now. We have said those words. Um, But what is worse than maybe getting invited to a birthday party you're not welcome to, is having to marry somebody who didn't look across the room and say, I really love that girl. I'm attracted to that girl. Or the girl that marries the guy, and she's like, what is my family doing? I can't stand that man. That is horrible. I would never want to enter that situation. So how do birthday parties and camels and a lady who who entered into a pretty blind situation but met a man who said, you know what, I love you. I love you, and you're going to change my life. Together we're going to make something special. They did make something special. They they had Jacob and Esau, and the name Israel is the name that God gave Jacob, and you have the nation of Israel today, and and we are called the the people of Israel, the spiritual family. What does that have to do though with our story? Birthday parties, camels, and and figs. When I see the word fig, I think of fig newtons, and I don't really like fig newtons. But that brings us to Nathanael, who we read was sitting under a fig tree. Now, Nathanael wasn't invited to a birthday party or not invited to a birthday party. And Nathanael wasn't getting married, but Nathanael has a friend named Philip. And Philip, Philip is off over here and he's at a place where Jesus is. And Jesus, Jesus, we see in verse 43 of John chapter 1, findeth Philip, and saith unto him, follow me. Now how great is that? I've picked on the ladies over here. How great is it that the creator of the universe put on a human body, came down, the one who threw stars out everywhere, and said, follow me. But I- that blows my mind. You guys are like, yeah, I grew up in church. I got that, you know. No, God said, follow me. I'm picking you. And when you look back, you're like, there was 12 people that were in like the pretty select group. And he picked Philip? I'm sure the other guys were like, Philip? What did Philip do? Philip, he used to steal my lunch at school. Philip, he, he's two french fries short of a Happy Meal. Like, what up with Philip? And, and God says, I want you! Philip, I'm not saying anything about you, Caitlin. But Victoria, she's like, well, where's my invitation? Why does she get to follow me? And I don't get to follow me. And, and we don't read anything that Nathaniel had, had heard about that, but I do find it interesting that, that when Philip comes to Nathaniel, he doesn't say, come see a man who said follow me. Instead, he, said, he, instead he tells him, and Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, we have found him. We have found Him. You know, that really is so true in life. Because sometimes when you come to church or when you came to church, you're like, my life was a mess. I, I-, I didn't know how I was going to put everything together. But then I found Jesus. And when I found Him, everything changed. Oh, my life was no longer the same. Oh, I went back into my home and, and yes, the bed was in the same spot and I had the same clothes and I had the same job, but something was different. I felt something different in my heart. My thinking was different. I went from being depressed and down to, to I, I, I don't know, something just feels different in my life. I got a little pep. I got a little joy. That, that struggle I was going through, it's, it's not so hard anymore. Things are lighter. I found something I found someone I found Jesus I found Jesus but the truth is that Philip didn't find Jesus Jesus found Philip Jesus found Philip Jesus came along and said Philip follow me Philip I want you Philip I'm um, everything that you've been looking for, everything you ever desired. What, what did Philip say? He fulfills all the lo- he fulfills all the Bible. He fulfills all the prophets. The, what, what Moses talked about, come and see, come and see. Nathaniel, he hears this. and Nathaniel, it's like, what? What, what was Nathaniel doing that day? I, I don't know what Nathaniel was doing at that very moment, but It's very pointed in the Bible that Jesus said, I saw you under a fig tree. Some writers have supposed, and some Jewish information, um, supposes that maybe Philip was a baby whose mom had actually put him into hiding and had laid him under a fig tree at the time that Herod was going around and having the baby boys killed. I don't know, that story sounds pretty impacting, but, but I don't know that that's true. Perhaps Philip was uh, um, going through a hard situation in life. Maybe somebody he loved had died or someone was super sick and and he was just sitting under the tree. Maybe Philip uh, was down and depressed and thought, well, you know, what's the point of life and where am I at? I don't know what Philip was thinking. Maybe he was just hanging out under the tree. I, I think it was something more than that because Jesus specifically says under the fig tree, under the fig tree. But when Philip finds him and Philip hasn't been connected or anything, he says, Hey, I know you didn't have Jesus come and meet you. I know that, uh, um, I know you didn't, you weren't there when he said, Follow me. None of that. Philip just says, Hey, I want you to come. I want you to come and meet Jesus. Church, it is vastly important. That you share with other people that Jesus wants to meet them. I think of those words that uh, Jesus told Thomas. You know, blessed are those that haven't seen me and yet believe. Philip or Thomas, I know you've seen the nail prints, and I got the feet here, and I'm meeting you today. Oh, but blessed are those they, they weren't there at the party. Somebody didn't say, "Come along with me." Oh, they they didn't even have the opportunity. They weren't alive, then you know who that is? That's all of us. We weren't there. Some of you didn't grow up in church. I happened to, to basically be born in church. My parents were in church. I think I was in the hospital for a couple weeks. Um, maybe I had a little swelling. I don't know. Maybe that's the problem. But uh, um, But my parents, they brought me to church right away. I remember feeling the presence of God as I would play at the altar. And, my, and I have a distinct memory in Fremont of being over there at the altar and, and the power of God falling. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't all holy. I was playing. My dad was praying. And people were praying around and I just felt it. and I was like, this is God. This is God. And I felt Him. Oh! But maybe you didn't, weren't raised in church. Maybe you didn't have those moments. Maybe you have questioned and you've wondered. You've been like Philip. You know what Philip's first reaction was? Dana, you know what Philip's first reaction was? Not Philip, but Nathaniel. Philip come along and said, Nathaniel? So if you're Nathaniel for the moment, he goes, Nathaniel, come see Jesus. Come see the one that Moses talked about, that Joseph talked about. and Come see Him. And Nathaniel goes... A guy out of Nazareth? Can, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, really? I, really? Just come see. All the way there, he, he maybe was the skeptic. He was wondering, really, what possible good thing can happen here? I'm afraid that sometimes, as church members, we hit a spot in our walk with God, and we hear the word preached, and we hear the message go forth, and... We've prayed many, many times, but someone says, come see Jesus. Come give Jesus a shot at your situation. Come give Jesus just a chance at your condition. And part of us just wants to say, deep down on the outside, we're like, oh, I have faith. Lord, help my unbelief. I got this. But on the inside, just a little bit, we're like, "Mm mm-hmm, really? Or maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one that's been there. Philip says, Come and see. And this brings me to an exciting part that has marked out in my Bible and then I echo, or, uh, um, and has echoed in my heart. Come and see. Come and see. Because as Nathaniel comes to see Jesus, he maybe thought he was a tag along. I don't know if Nathaniel thought, I'm going to sit in the back row of church, I'm going to be at the back of the crowd. I'm, I'm going to listen in, I'm going to give it my best analysis, I know the Scriptures, I've got it memorized, I'm going to figure all this out, I'm going to put Jesus to the test. We'll see what kind of teacher he is. If he's the real deal that Philip talked about. Oh, but hallelujah, Jesus walks up to Nathanael and he says, hey Nathanael, He says, Behold, a man in whom there is no guile. And Nathaniel's like, What? Wait a second. That's a characteristic about me. And then Jesus says, Before Philip ever invited you, before someone told you, please come to church, before somebody, Sal, before somebody walked in and said, Sal, I know that you're dealing with cancer, but let's go talk to Jesus about it before you ever got on the phone with Pastor Powell and said, hey, I've got some news that's not so great. Hallelujah. Oh, before you ever knew there was a Jesus, before someone ever invited you to church, before the doctor ever even told you you got some bad news or you thought that you should maybe go get a test. Oh, Jesus is saying, I saw you. I saw you when nobody else saw you. I saw you when you were that little child and you were abused. I saw you when your mom and dad were put down and they thought that they were nobodies in the world. Oh, I saw you when you were just an apple of the, in your mother's eye. Oh, when she held you and she said, This is the sweetest baby, and you were in the privacy of a little room when you couldn't even, didn't even know that reality existed. Jesus is saying, I saw you. Nathaniel, I saw you. I saw you in those lonely moments. I saw you when you questioned God. You see what Jesus did right there when He met Nathaniel in our passage. He was saying, Nathaniel, you thought that you were just a tag along invited to the birthday party by the other friend. Oh, you, you... Nathaniel, you you went through some rough moments. Oh, Somebody gave you the birthday present and then they took it back, right? Nathaniel, you didn't feel like that you were picked first. You were last on the team. You were the last one and everybody has to pick someone to play kickball and I'm over here and I'm no good but they have to pick me. Oh, Nathaniel, I'm Jesus and I've come to meet you Face to face. I'm about ready to bring this to a close if musicians want to get ready. But as Nathaniel came that day and he came in face to face with Jesus, Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. And right away, Nathaniel stepped in from a moment of wondering, of arms crossed, of being a little critical, of being a skeptic, and he said, wait a second. Nobody else knew about that moment. Whatever that moment was, it was clearly identified by the fig tree that Jesus or that Nathaniel was under. And, and, and he was caught by surprise. And, and he immediately calls Him Rabbi or Master. And he says, Thou art the Son of God, which literally means God in the flesh. And then he says, Thou art the King of Israel, which is a prophetic reaching back of the Word that was given to David. He's the everlasting King. He said, you're it. You're everything that I ever wanted. You're everything that I ever hoped for. And you, Church of Omaha, if this is your first time or your 400th time that you've been in the presence of God, oh, you maybe weren't like Thomas and seen Jesus face to face, but Jesus is saying, I saw you. And I was with you in every moment. And not with you just to leave you in your misery. But I'm calling you today. Jesus answered him and said, Because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree. Believest thou not? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending Upon the Son of Man, that was reaching back and into what Jacob would have saw when he was asleep, and he he saw what that what we call that ladder, but what would have been like looked like a temple, and he said, "This is the house of God. This is Bethel. I've encountered the house of God. I've encountered a connection with God." Jesus was literally saying, "I am the house of God. You're gonna see that." I'm going to be something in your life that you never thought you could possibly have. Oh, I can't get enough of Jesus, church. I really can't get enough of Him. This world is not my home. Some of you may put all your hopes in the U.S. Constitution. You know what? You might think I'm being sacrilegious. I love our nation's history, but you can have it. My end is not we, the people. My beginning was before anyone else saw you, Lucas, I saw you. Before anyone else saw there was purpose in your life, I saw you. You see, my dad had had his moment. I'm just my dad's son. Colton, you'd have said the same thing. Yeah, my dad, he had his moment. The church heard his testimony. My dad, yeah, he prayed for me. But as you were reiterating your testimony the other day, God came down and he said, I know that your dad had his moment. And Colton, you've had moments before, but you're having a moment right now. God brought you in. He inserted himself into your dream. He was able to push aside all the things that the world would call impossibilities. And even in a dream, He came down and He said, I'm Jesus. I'm in your life, Colton. Oh, it's a wondrous thing that really truly blows my mind that the Creator of the universe cares about my bills, what the neighbor kids said to me, my anxiety. Uh oh. You know, I'm Sometimes we get worried about a a pain or a hurt, and they're legit, and God's up there, and we're praying, God, you gotta touch my body. And he's like, you're just fine. You just don't know it yet, but I got it. And I also want you to know at your worst moment, when you think this is the worst way that life could be, I am still here, and ultimately I have prepared a place for you. In me because I'm the temple that I hath not seen that ear hath not heard but you're gonna see something in me that can't be understood or explained but it's joy unspeakable and full of glory uh, today this moment's for you God wants to meet you face to face if, if you want to throw that picture of Finn up on the board here you see I had my moment when I was 12. But a couple months ago, and Finn told me again today, he said, for the 14th time, God's filled me with his presence. It doesn't take him but seconds. And he sits down and he smiles at me and then he raises his hands and he gets lost in Jesus. And you know what Jesus was saying? He was saying, Finn, <laughs> I know your dad brought you to church all these years. Only six of them, I guess, not all these years. but..." Been Before your dad even knew you were going to be a child I saw you. You don't even know life's possibilities but it's not about what you're going to do. It's about that I love you. You know we say, we say it doesn't really matter who you are, what you've been through. God loves you. That's true. But I want you to know something. God cares about every detail of your life. He likes the fingerprints on your hand. He likes that one ear is longer than the other. He likes those those things that everybody else doesn't. He is interested in you. And He's excited about you. And He has purpose for you. And you're my little fin. Where God has passed by everybody else. And if we could go ahead and stand to our feet. And He said, I saw you. Oh, church, that name of the place that Isaac was at, that area, the God that sees me, it comes from a woman. It wasn't Isaac's mom. It was Ishmael's mom. Ishmael's mom didn't get the promise. Ishmael's mom, Hagar, she got Ishmael. They ultimately got kicked out of the family. One time Sarah was so rough on her, and life was miserable. And she ran for a while and the angel said, go back. But she was at this place where her life was a mess. Where God said, you're going to go through hard times. And he gave her a name of a child that called Ishmael. And that name means, God hears me. God hears me. God has heard your cries. Just like he heard the cries of Israel, and he has come down to meet you. But before she left that place of God hears me, she had an understanding at Bella Rohai, God sees me. He doesn't just see Abraham. He doesn't just see Sarah, who's going to be the father of Isaac, who's going to be the father of Israel, and going to out of the lineage of there be Jesus, who changes the world. God. Sees me. And so from the back to the front, and all this audience, if you could raise your hands up towards heaven. Go ahead and close your eyes. I don't care if you've been in Pentecost for 80 years. If you're the most holy apostolic out there, or this is your first time, right now connect with the God who sees you. Because you matter to God. Everything about you matters to Him. He's got a personal invitation for you. And he's saying, wherever your moment has been, before they saw you, I saw you. Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 in God sees you.